Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, Tony? What's going on, brother? So today we get to speak to Miss Teresa Scanlon, 2011 Miss America. Miss America. I have so many questions to uh, to ask. I do too. I mean, there's so much to know. I mean, well, the first thing to know is how much I don't know. I don't know anything about the pageantry industry. Zero, but we know it's uh, related to the beauty industry. That's right. And who's the epitome of beauty then, Miss America? Sorry, I just missed Take you out sometime. Is that all right? Welcome to your day off. I'm Corey Gray, and I'm sitting here with my best bud, Tone. Hey, what's up, brother? What's up, Tony? I'm super stoked about our guest today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's uh, very rare. She's very rare, right? So we... um, <laughs> Medium rare. Medium rare. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> she's, she's rare. When our guest... Agreed to come on the show. Tony and I are pretty excited. We um, we started to try to um, quantify what it meant and um, just the rarity of, of who she is and who she represents. Yeah, so we're trying to go through a list of how rare she is. And uh, we, I guess our solution was she is as rare as a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think we... Uh, I think there's only like 50 of them still walking the earth, which mm. you know, out of 300 million Americans, to be able to talk <laughs> to one of 50, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Cool. So, without any further ado, please welcome 2011's Miss America, Teresa Scanlon. Thank you for having me. Hey, I appreciate Teresa. it. And hey, after that coming, intro, I feel incredibly important. <laughs> you are incredibly <laughs> important. Like one of those uh, little buttons that, you know, with the audience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Or I at least need a theme song. I need to come up with one of those, I think. Here she well, is. okay, besides that one, right. <laughs> I would rather Miss not hear America. that one. <laughs> right. oh, no one my. else wants to hear my voice. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I've heard that one too many times now. Yeah, yeah right. A new well, one. Welcome to the show. Thank yeah, you. Welcome. I appreciate it. That's really cool. Thanks again. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where where'd where, you grow up? Yeah, where'd you grow up? So, I grew up in Nebraska, um, in a small town, rural area. It's about three thousand people. It's a town called Gearing. Prior to winning, nobody knew where Gearing was or what it was. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, Right in the middle of the country, we're right near Wyoming and Colorado, um, Midwestern, and it was a great place to grow up. Um, Very agriculturally based, Uh and um, I grew up the middle of six kids, and um, it was a a crazy but really great upbringing. Uh, My family's a lot of fun. They still live out there in Nebraska, Uh and everyone's still very close. That's wow. so great. Corey can uh, uh, vow to this. I only have two siblings, mm. but my uh, my family with, you know, my cousins, my aunt and uncles, I mean, when we have a gathering, there's 60, 70 of us for a barbecue. Yeah, no doubt. 
and uh, we're super close like that too. Yep. So it makes the holidays, it makes just you know the summer times fantastic. Definitely, definitely, yeah. it's always a place I like to go back to for sure. Yeah, no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So, um, how'd you get into the pageantry stuff? So in Nebraska, as you can imagine, pageants aren't very big. (laughs) It's not like the South, right, Right. where every little kid is getting into pageants. Um, It wasn't something that I knew about. It wasn't something my family knew about. So I would say mm, as I got toward high school, I saw in the local newspaper the Scottsbluff County Fair pageant. So fairs, obviously, county fairs and state fairs are big in the Midwest. So I saw that in the newspaper, and you could start competing at 13, and there was something like a $200 scholarship you could win so it's sort of small but for a 13 year old still I'm like how else am I gonna earn $200 right so um, I knew that I wanted to go to college and I wanted to go to law school even at that age and being one of six kids I knew that I was gonna need to find a way to pay for it because there was no (laughs) way that my dad was gonna pay for six of us to go to college right Right. so (laughs) so he always said that I could go to law school I could do whatever I wanted but I needed to find a way to pay for it he went to medical school he paid for it himself right so I was kind of always already on that mindset so when I saw that I had never considered a pageant before but Mm -hmm. I figured okay why not let me just try it and I did I was 13 I had braces I had crazy frizzy hair I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) Um, I bought a $12 dress from JCPenney's after prom sale and that was my evening gown um, I sang, which was a terrible mistake, and I still won somehow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I won my first pageant at 13 and continued. Uh, the main thing you got to do when you won is go to the county fair. Uh-huh. You get to sign autographs for little kids and do all the events Aww. at the county fair. And I just started to realize that I was a role model to some of these kids in our little town, mm-hmm. and I had never thought of myself that way before, right? I was super wow. shy, uh, really nerdy, and I had just never realized that maybe that was something that I could do. And so it kind of, I don't know, maybe it's cliche to say, but it lit a fire within me that I realized maybe this is something that I want to continue. And so I did over the next do you, four um, years. Do you remember your first autograph? Um, Not the very first, no, but I certainly remember my first time Uh being there. Um, We had a little table outside in just the dirt gravel area outside one of the buildings at the county fair, and little kids were coming up taking pictures with us, and we'd show them our crowns. And and, and so, again, for a 13-year-old, I was just like, you know, how is it that I can start to impact people at this age already and Uh tell them to do well in school and tell them to be active in their communities and just little things that seem silly, but honestly, for a bunch of girls in a small town it was Not, important yeah, so absolutely. were you on stage at the county fair next to the 4-h county uh winner too basically <laughs> yeah yeah so we did we did all sorts of stuff like that right we got to go to the rodeo and go wave at everyone and we got to be Howdy. introduced in front of the events and stuff like that and so we're right there along with the, the sheep and the pigs and the that frizzy hair I blended right in <laughs> and, and later as Miss Nebraska even I went back to the same county fair now as Miss Nebraska alongside the fair queens uh-huh. and we were introduced at the rodeo prior to the bull riding we were out in the arena before uh, the before the event started 
we were waving, they're introducing us, and all of a sudden we hear screaming, and one of the bulls had gotten loose from the pen behind <gasps> us. Uh, I've seen videos came, on that. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was a video because the girl right next to me got hit by him. He ran what? through right for her. We're wearing, oh, we're wearing bright pink shirts, sparkly crowns, <laughs> waving. He goes straight for us. And so he, she flew in the air in front of me, and I just saw her go up in the air, land on the ground, completely gray, her oh. eyes still open. I thought she was dead. And so I start running out the back. Um, none of us, the rest of us got hurt. Luckily, she only had a concussion. But man, that was that was the closest actually that I've ever been to to death. That was that my my near death experience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Nebraska, yes. right? <laughs> right? <laughs> only like, in Nebraska, right? Exactly. <laughs> Never again were we allowed to be Holy introduced cow. out in the arena like that. You uh. know, just completely open. We're the only ones out there not prepared to face a bowl, and we were the ones that had to face a bowl. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's yeah, we got no training for that part. Uh, yeah, holy cow! <laughs> so just some of the things you face right. as a, yeah, as oh a title holder. So, so getting to um, let myself right. <laughs> so between yeah. being so thirteen scary. and getting to Nebraska, mm. what? Um, so when you're thirteen and you win, wh- where does that put you? Um, so then you can go and compete at the state pageant. Mm-hmm. I never did well at the state pageant. <laughs> I never placed. Um, I never got really. I, so I usually won the talent award once mm-hmm. I started playing piano. So like I said, that first pageant I sang, that was a mistake. My second pageant I danced, also a mistake. <laughs> I finally played piano. And from then on, I always played piano in every single pageant. And um, pretty much every time I played piano, I won the talent award. So I Good knew deal. that that was kind of the way to, the way to and go. And had you been playing your whole life? Since I was seven. Yeah, so um, piano was always kind of my thing. Again, being more shy, I didn't really like uh, big group things, but mm-hmm. piano was my my safe space. Uh, just me and my teacher, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. I dedicated a lot of time to it. Um, I was classically trained growing up, but I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy playing classical. So for the pageants, I played more contemporary, modern pieces, more entertaining. Right. And um, yeah, so I started winning the talent award for that. And sometimes I would win, you know, academic awards or community service awards. But I just never really did very well otherwise. At the state pageant, I never won, never did very well. And so that was from 13 to 17 while I was in high school. Um, so this is... Hold on, hold on, slow down before you get ahead. Um, yeah. So how, how, how do you do the academic award? Um, so like, What's that based on? Right. So in the teen pageants, usually it's based on a combination of GPA, what classes you're in, your transcripts. You submit all of that, and Uh then an independent panel takes a look at it. Um, It is sort of subjective because it's hard to judge between different schools and all of that. But um, it's just like other scholarship awards based on academics that a a panel of judges will take Mm -hmm. a look at the um, academic materials you've supplied and then base awards on that. But um, weren't you homeschooled? Yes. So yeah. how, how does that work as far as... Still submit transcripts. So uh-huh. as homeschoolers, you still have to take records of all of that. You still have grades. You still have, um, yeah, just just a transcript of everything that you've been doing. Um, and then my junior year, I took some classes at the local high school. So uh-huh. there was that additionally. And then my senior year, I went to the public high school full-time and graduated from there. Okay. So I kind of had a combination of different things going right. on there. Um, but, I mean, I certainly didn't take it easy being homeschooled. I put pushed myself quite a bit. I made sure to have a 4.0 throughout high school. 
Um, when I did go to the public high school, graduated salutatorian, graduated a year early, um, got the highest ACT score in the high school. So I just made sure that like being homeschooled was not an excuse to slack off. Or no. It was pretty easy to Impressive. kind of fudge transcripts, you know, and put 4.0 just because you can. Right. Right. <laughs> we always joked, you know, and being homeschooled, you're always number one in your class. <laughs> so, no and, and so it can be, unfortunately, a way to sit back and take it easy. But for mm-hmm. me, it was actually just enabled me more flexibility to work even harder. But did right. that create uh, sibling rivalries being number one in your class? <laughs> <laughs> right. So luckily, none of us were in the same grade. So that helped. So That's that good, way right? it was, yeah, no twins, nothing right. like that. But then actually, ultimately, my older sister and I ended up graduating high school together. We we ended up on the same year together. She took a little longer. I went a little shorter. We're all different, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we graduated together, which was actually a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. And luckily, my siblings are awesome where I don't believe we have any sibling rivalry. I think that they would say the same um, where we've certainly had our tiffs throughout the years, but there's not been any kind of comparison and I think most of that stems from my parents. They just know with six kids, there's no way you're going to compare them all and try to be try to get them to be like each other. Hey, and Tony, so we never had that. None of Teresa's siblings are Miss America. <laughs> hey, it's true. <laughs> right. But then, you know, and then I haven't done half the things that most of them have either. So, you know, it was just everybody is so different that luckily I grew up thinking that way. They all grew up thinking that way. And we were all able to just excel at whatever we wanted to do rather than trying to copy another person. So, so since you couldn't win a state title, uh, or mm-hmm. you know, up until what seventeen? Yeah, this was the first one, right? So, so Miss America's Outstanding Teen is kind of like the little sister program to Miss America, and so that was what I was competing in from thirteen to seventeen. Once I turned 17 and I was graduating from high school at 17, I then became ineligible to compete in the teen pageant anymore. And now I was eligible to compete in Miss America. So therefore, I had to win a local title as a Miss. I had to go compete at Miss Nebraska two weeks after I graduated high school and then Miss America six months later. So when I first, yeah, when I first went to Miss Nebraska, I figured this is going to be the same as all those other years as a teen. Like, I'm not going to do that well. I'm not going to place, but I just need to keep practicing, keep learning. And all of a sudden, I win Miss Nebraska. And I was like, well, that wasn't in the plan. (laughs) So (laughs) now now what do I do? No, truly. I mean, I was set to go to Virginia for college. I had to call them and say, I can't come for another year. I mean, it was was really just a sudden curve in the road. Where were we? Where your life changes. Yes, yeah, in truly. That second, right? Truly. Where, where were you going to go to college? At Patrick Henry College okay. in Virginia. Uh, it's not too far from here, about an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was all set, accepted, plans ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah. And then things had to change real quick. Wow. <laughs> I was working at the grocery store, put my two weeks in notice there. <laughs> so. I can't bag groceries no more. No, truly, <laughs> truly. And I couldn't even be a checkout. I was too young, a cashier, and so I was the carryout for the groceries, bagged them and took them to people's cars. And the, the little old ladies would give me like 10 cents as a tip oh, and the yeah. quarter. And yeah, they're very sweet. <laughs> so about everybody in my hometown, they'll tell you to this day, Miss America took out my groceries for me. <laughs> so. Hey, is there a sign in Gary? There. Is unfortunately there's two billboards uh-huh. at each entrance to the town with my face on it, saying "Welcome to Gearing, Nebraska, home of Miss America 2011, Teresa Scanlon." Oh, and I actually got awesome. pulled over in front of one of those signs. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, <What? I> did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, got out of that ticket. Imagine that. You're like, but, That's me. Yes. You at the sign. No, <laughs> truly, I was driving home from Denver from the airport, and I was in a rush to get home, and For so sure. I was speeding. What? I, I, it wasn't anything crazy, but got pulled over, and literally as I 
I pulled over, I look up, and there is my sign staring at me. It's like, oh, this isn't a good I can example. see the cop grabbing your ID. <laughs> that is precisely what happened, believe it or not. He got my ID. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Or did he read the name and go, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Everything is everywhere. No. <laughs> they didn't dare give me a ticket. They're great. So. <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. Benefits. So then you want to miss Nebraska. You, yes. you you quit your important job at the grocery store. <laughs> yes. You postponed uh, college mm-hmm. for a year. Some, some time, right? Yeah. I thought so. it was going to be a year. Then it ended up being two years because sure. of Miss America. So. Miss America. <laughs> yes. Right. So I think a question that, uh, that, that I've always had, certainly about the differences between all the, the pageants and mm-hmm. stuff. So, like, what's the difference between, like, the Miss America pageant, the Miss USA pageant, mm-hmm. the Miss Universe pageant, and the Miss whatever, 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 <laughs> whatever, whatever? Hundreds and hundreds of exactly. them, yes. So, on TV, pretty much the only difference you'll see between Miss America and Miss USA, typically, is that in Miss America, there's a talent portion of the competition. And that's a pretty substantial amount of our score. I think it's, like, 25%. Um, so, you'll see them compete in a talent competition, whereas Uh on the Miss USA uh, pageant on TV, you'll only see the um, swimsuit, evening gown, onstage question, right? Mm -hmm. So otherwise, though, a lot of times when people watch them on TV, they think, okay, they're basically the same thing. Um, That's not exactly true, though. So Miss America started back in 1921, so we're coming up on our 100th anniversary. Happy birthday, Miss America. (laughs) And so uh, a couple years later, uh, I think it was more like a decade or so, uh, the Miss America refused to be crowned in her swimsuit anymore, because she used to be crowned in swimsuit. It started out as... What year was that? Oh, goodness. I think it was the About? 30s. Okay, so I in the 1930s, it, they were like, enough of this. I'm pretty sure, right. So They, they so, had their own Me Too movement? Yeah, so it was... Well, it, it started out on the beaches of Atlantic City, right, as a swimsuit competition. Uh-huh. But from there, as it started to evolve and it became an actual scholarship pageant, um, the women started to see that, and so the winner that year decided that she would not be crowned in her swimsuit. So the swimsuit sponsor, Catalina Swimwear, decided to break off and start their own pageant and so that's when Miss USA was started so the Miss USA pageant then started primarily focused on swimsuit again and so today Miss USA and Miss Universe are their own organization and entity and I would say that they are primarily focused more on the modeling industry Uh and so women who compete in that system often want to go into modeling and acting and that sort of thing Um, they are more focused on aesthetics honestly whereas Miss America because of what it is today is primarily focused on first of all your platform, right. second of all your um, your talent for with with the competition anyway, but then also very much so based on academics. And That's brain versus brawn. <laughs> well, and I mean, I would say they have both. Obviously, I mean, I, I it would be, I guess, completely unrealistic to say that Miss America isn't focused on outward appearance as well because it is. But at the core of the organization, it exists to provide scholarship money to women who go to college. Uh-huh. And so you have to be either going to college or have student loans or something like that in order to compete. Um, and that's the reason why women compete. And that's the primary prize you win. Rather than a modeling contract, you get a scholarship. So from 13 to 17, it was just a, a pageant that you were doing. And then at 17, your life totally changes, right? I mean, yeah. You go thinking it's just another day, another pageant, mm-hmm. and you win. And another then, way to win 200 books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A few months later, you know, you're in Miss Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, thinking you don't have a chance or thinking right. it's just another pageant. Right. And you win. Yeah. 
and then you said six months later, mm-hmm. and you're on the biggest stage of uh, yeah of and, pageantry. And honestly, I was sort of upset when I won Miss Nebraska because I thought, okay, this is my one chance to compete at Miss America, and I'm not ready, and I won mm-hmm. at 17, and now this ruins my chances of Miss America because you can only ever compete once in your life. It's a true once-in-a-lifetime experience where you can mm-hmm. never go back and compete again. So I thought I was going to keep competing in Virginia and get really good and I'd be super smart and I'd graduate law school and I'd be amazing at the piano and I'd be super fit. And then I'd finally win Miss Virginia Mm -hmm. and I'd go to Miss America and rock it. Right. Right. Instead, I won at 17 and I was like, I'm in terrible shape. I'm not that good at the piano. I'm only graduated high school. I haven't gone to college yet. And I hear I'm competing against 24, 25 year olds who are in medical school and law school and graduate school. And, you know, just incredible women that I honestly thought my chances were shot right wow. then and there. Right. How many other 17-year-olds were in the competition? That year, none. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I'm sure maybe there was a year that there was a 17-year-old. But like I said, it was hard to make that age because of the you have to be graduated from high school. Most girls aren't going to be able to be graduated from high school at 17 and and qualified to start competing after that. I made the cutoff because of where my birthday lies here in February mm-hmm. by one week. There wow. was one more pageant after I turned 17 that I could compete in, and I won it, and that's what took me to Miss Nebraska. But honestly, if there had been one week difference, if my birthday was a little later, whatever, you would I missed the cutoff. Have, right. Wow. So that's why it didn't usually happen. So, like that year, I was definitely the youngest competing at Miss America. Uh-huh. Usually there's not any 17-year-olds, and most of the women, like I said, were were not just older, but just so impressive and so so accomplished that I thought for sure, you know, I had a lot to learn from them. They were Uh who I wanted to be when I grew up, but I did not (laughs) think I had any chance at that point. Wow. (laughs) They wanted to be you when they grew up, too. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. At the end of the day, right? They still do. (laughs) But but I mean, really, my my only goal going to Miss America as Miss Nebraska was to not make Nebraska super embarrassed because I was the 17 that was your one goal. It was because I Don't thought mess up. so many people were angry when I won Miss Nebraska because, again, they're like, why on earth are we sending a 17-year-old as our representative? Right. And so I was like, I really don't want to embarrass these people. I want to show them they didn't make the wrong choice. So whatever I do, I just I, I want to try to make them proud. We have Nebraska had never been in the top five at Miss America ever, ever, ever. And so even when that happened, when I was in the top five, I figured, okay, I have done more than enough here. (laughs) My job here is done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've made history. I'm the first one in the top five. I'm good to go home now. So Mm. if I got fourth runner up, I was beyond thrilled. (laughs) Speaking of history, you were the youngest since 1937. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it had been Betty Cooper. It had right? it had been quite a while. It had been a really long time ever since they did institute age requirements. Uh-huh. It was really hard for for a seventeen year old to even qualify, much less win. So I never expected it. Everyone told me that it couldn't happen because, again, it had been you know over seventy years at that point. Um, and I I thought that of all the contestants there, my chances were the lowest. Nebraska right. had never won. A seventeen year old hadn't won for seventy years. <laughs> I was like, if anyone has the lowest chances, exactly. you know, if you're gambling, don't gamble on me. <laughs> gamble this on is that. not a this is not a safe bet right now. <laughs> is, that, is that a sports bet? Can you really do that? Right. I think but some that people is where do, millions honestly. are made. Yes. Right, on those bets, something right. like that. I mean, if you had even asked my parents at that point they would have said, yeah, she's great, but right. there's no way she can win. You know, wow. there was just no way. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I, I, when you started talking about the pressure from, from, from that you were getting from the Miss Nebraska kind right. of pageantry, mm-hmm. the Miss Nebraska people, or just the people mm-hmm. in Nebraska, maybe, <laughs> right. I, I just can't imagine, like, going into Miss America is enough pressure. Right. Right, much less to have all that pressure from Miss Nebraska. What was... Um, yeah. 
What was that pressure like? I mean, in some ways, I think I had it less pressure, though, because even in though... In what sense? In the main sense that nothing was expected of me, because, again, they said, well, this is ridiculous. This is our representative. But can you articulate <laughs> that as a 17-year-old? Like, I, Well, it was, it was good because I did not have any kind of, I need to win, I need to prove myself. Again, my main thing was don't fall flat on my face, <laughs> and that's all I need to do. <laughs> I mean, a, that was my bare minimum. I didn't, right. I didn't have super high expectations. Expectations, and so it helped because I think so many women who had competed for years, and this was their dream since they were a little right. girl, and they had their whole state behind them, thinking they were the top dog. You know, it was kind of one of those things where the classic underdog, I guess, where when you mm-hmm. don't have really any eyes on you, you kind of just are able to do your thing and yeah, be you're confident. Like the Philadelphia Eagles, right? <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. They've been waiting for years, so long, and finally they got it, right? So, right? so like Nebraska was waiting for so long, yeah. and they finally got it. Right, right. And so every, everyone was so proud and I knew that they were, I knew that they were going to be proud again, like even if I did the bare minimum. So one of the preliminary nights I won the talent award and Nebraska had never won the prelim talent award. And so I was like, okay, I I'm already, you know, did a goal right there. Everyone was crying. They were so happy. And I felt like I could go home happy right there. (laughs) So it was actually pretty easy to have the bar sort of low so that I was confident and relaxed and just comfortable to be able to move forward in the competition. And I think that was a, a huge benefit to me um, that I wasn't expecting. I didn't realize I was actually going to have it pretty, pretty easy in that regard. The only thing was during the competition, Uh we, we all do a 10 minute interview with the judges and this is something you don't see on TV. So every single contestant has a 10 minute panel interview. It's a job interview where all seven judges uh, get to ask you whatever they want for 10 minutes. And in that interview, I felt as though each of the judges were constantly asking me questions about my age. And so to me, I thought for sure this means they don't think I can do it. They don't think I can handle it. They're kind of taking this as a... Did you find it disrespectful or just kind of like... I thought in my mind, in my own perception, I thought that's what it was simply because it wasn't a very hard interview where some girls were getting you know a ton of political questions or really hardball kind of stuff and they really took it easy on me I thought we were joking we were having fun all of us had a great time you know and so for me in my mind I walked away thinking they didn't take me seriously they didn't think of me as a serious contender I guess and so then I walking out of there it was kind of my goal then to show them that I could hold my own on stage that I would they would see no difference between me and a 24 year old uh, contestant. Yeah, a chip on your shoulder. Kind of. <laughs> kind of honestly. But I think that perception was wrong because then after the pageant talking to the judges they said no we didn't think that at all. We right. were just interested. Well what else are they going to say at that point? <laughs> I don't Come know. On, <laughs> Yeah, so it was, it was it was my perception at first, and and luckily again though that made me work all the harder to right. just continue to to do well on stage. So what are are the things that you go through it, it, during the pageant? Like what are the different things you have? Swimsuit, you mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Uh, so the interview is first, like I said, the ten minute interview, um, and then you have three nights of preliminary competition in which one night you do evening gown and swimsuit, another night you do on stage question, another night you do talent, mm-hmm. and so again I played piano. Um, the final night and won the talent award for that. Um, and then the final night that's on TV after all those preliminary scores are so, well, so none of that's live then? Correct. That's all recorded? 
then they, yeah. they kind of and so can it together. Right. And so mm-hmm. from that, you have your composite scores, and that's what determines the top 15 that you see on TV. So cool. the first night on TV, they immediately narrow it down to those 15, and that's what those scores have been based on. And then you compete in everything again besides interview. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Well, do you remember your interview questions? Oh, there were quite a few. I mean... I, it was very like wide on ranging. TV, the, the TV one? Oh, on TV, yeah, our yeah. onstage question. Um, mine was about WikiLeaks because it was back that when Julian Assange, yeah, mm-hmm. had, that had just happened and it was still up in the air as to what they were going to do about it. Right. Um, and it was interesting back then because then the tides kind of changed where. So back then, I guess the way the, back then. The, well, no, I mean, seriously, in seven years, it's crazy how it changed. Certainly. So that year, it was kind of the conservative position to say that this was espionage. It was a crime that needed to be uh, needed to be press charges, whatever. And it was, I guess, the more liberal position to say, no, it was fine. This is a good thing. This is freedom of speech. I didn't really know that, but I sort of answered along those lines that this might be a problem. This might be espionage. Maybe right. we need to. Uh, treated as such. And then here, years later, it's almost flipped, where now, right. oftentimes, it's the conservative position to be like, shut him down. <laughs> and yeah, it's right. the opposite. So <laughs> it's just interesting how it just depends on what he's revealing and what he's doing, who hates who, and yeah, what's cool. going on. Yeah. Welcome to DC. Exactly. <laughs> Again. Exactly. Uh, all right. I'm going to move forward and come back. Mm-hmm. So the year later, you won the interview question, right? Was it Miss World, or is it Oh, right. So uh, a couple years later at Miss World, uh, Miss World America here in D.C., um, then that that pageant has many, many, many areas of competition. And, yeah, I won the the interview portion of that as well. Interview is kind of my favorite thing. I enjoy it. Right. (laughs) It's your only chance when you really get to get to talk to them. I mean, um, I don't I don't know that. I come across always the you know the best on stage, but uh-huh. being able to talk to people makes such a huge difference. So, so we'll come back to Miss America here. Mm-hmm. So, seventeen years old, I couldn't imagine being seventeen, being no put way. on a stage in front of millions of people with you know TV, and I'm sure the uh, the the audience was you know. Just the pressure of that of a seventeen, and it's like the biggest event in like pageantry, right? Like yeah. you get to the pageant, everybody wants to be. Nobody says they want to be Miss USA, by the way. <laughs> That's everybody, not true. Every, everybody says they want to be <laughs> no, Miss see, America. See, right. No, 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 no. They they default to Miss USA, but everybody <laughs> no. wants to be Miss America. Listen, no. Miss USA doesn't even have a song. Miss America <laughs> right. has a song. Well, I appreciate Corey defending it. I mean, right. I guess I can't be biased because I have so many no, friends who compete in right. both that I I never competed in USA, but they honestly. All logged off. I'm not. I'm not. Right. Gosh. Now that you said that, yeah. No. But but it just depends on the person. And we actually have a lot of girls who compete in both. Uh-huh. They compete in Miss America and then go and compete in Miss USA or vice versa. So I can't really say one way or Has another. Has anybody ever won both? Uh, not the national title. No state titles. Yes, we've had women who were you know Miss Virginia and then Miss Virginia USA. Mm-hmm. You know all of that. So state titles. Yes, we've never had someone win both Miss USA and uh-oh, Miss America. Uh-oh. I yeah. know. Here I had. I, I had always thought about Miss that, USA. and I was like, you know, that would be kind of interesting to compete. We'll see. Maybe some year that'll happen. But but yeah, it's a it's a it's a. I would say it's a lot of pressure, probably, if you put too much thought into it. <laughs> Luckily, at 17, I did not. <laughs> so, honestly, once again, when I was on stage, I'm like, yeah, I know that these cameras are broadcasting to millions of people, but this is fun, and I'm really not thinking about that, and you just don't take it too seriously, I guess. And so it was like helps. naivety your friend, you think? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I mean, I just, I, I see now that if I was 
if it was today and I were competing, I think it would be a whole different mindset and a whole different set of pressures and considerations right. and all sorts of things. So I do think that just everything happening so fast really right. was a benefit to me, and I didn't even know it at the time. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's great. Wow. I mean, at 17. Well, again, naivety's your friend. <laughs> I mean, just think about the stuff we were into at 17. Could you imagine? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. That's just beyond even, like, being able to think. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll tell a funny story. So when I find it funny. When I, first met, when I first met Teresa, I had no idea that she was Miss America. And uh, she was introduced um, to us from a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, I had no idea that she was Miss America. And as we're talking, she keeps talking about her reign, her reign, her reign. And, you know, at first, like, when you hear your reign, your, your reign, <laughs> when you first hear it or when someone, would, you, you, when someone would say something like that, you're like, what is this all about, man? Like, you don't want to question, you don't want right. to ask. So after, um, after uh, I think actually it was maybe it was your mom that was talking more. Probably. But it, yeah, because the three of us were talking. And um, I had to ask, I was like, dude, are you a princess? And then that's when she was like, no, silly. <laughs> I was Miss America. <laughs> and then I was informed that... Um, that uh, princesses don't have rings. <laughs> no, no. I said I said princesses wear tiaras, but queens wear crowns, and Miss Mary was a crown, so yeah, we're queen. So she put me in my place pretty quick. She's like, "It's my <laughs> it's my ring." <laughs> no, but it's it's true. I I don't lead with that first of all ever. You know, when I'm no. meeting someone or talking to someone, and so and then often I don't know who knows and who doesn't. Like for us, right. since since a mutual friend, a hairdresser of mine up in Connecticut had told me about Corey and referred me down here I didn't know I assumed I guess oh he's told him and you know so I kind of tried to go off of that instead of coming in being like hello I'm Miss America let us continue <laughs> so you know I you just don't know That's how so to approach anyways, right? right you don't know how to approach it sometimes and so I never uh, know what to assume how much someone knows or doesn't know or whatever right. but I had no idea that you didn't know for a so while and I had no idea that yeah. my naivety right so you yeah. you were fine and then all of a sudden the pressure was on you <laughs> right. I know right and it's totally how I felt right, right. Well, I, immediately I'm sure like everyone you know I started asking her questions about um, right. You know, I'm kind of like these questions, that's right? Like, like what? Well, and that's why when, it, especially Do you remember my first I'm, question? I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I totally remember. <laughs> what was your first question? Because it was the most pressing at the moment. <laughs> I said, how did, uh, how were the girls in the back room? Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do remember you asking about that. And, truly, and for the record, she said they were amazing. Yeah, truly. And, and that's completely honest. Everyone was. Um, and do you think they, um, stop winking at me. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that they, uh, either didn't see you as competition or being 17, do you think that I they mean, took more of a maternal kind of like approach with I, you? I think they certainly did, but mm -hmm. I also would say that that wasn't much different than anyone else either. No, and I wasn't trying to say that. I just thought that, you know. Yeah, like. Oh, it, look at this little Mr. Oh, Nebraska definitely. I mean, in. so many of them helped me. I had no idea what I was doing with multiple things, and so they would help me do mm -hmm. my hair, makeup, whatever, were, were really supportive and helpful and kind of took that big sister approach, uh -huh. I guess. But, but they were like that with each other as well, right. regardless of age. Most of us didn't even know each other's ages honestly because when you're around like-minded oh i'm sure they know like the 17 year old that's there i mean so, some did but but then a lot of times when we got to talking we didn't mm -hmm. and and because you couldn't see much of a difference you know right. most of them were in college a lot of us are just very like-minded a lot of the same things in community involvement mm -hmm. and what we wanted to do with our lives and stuff and so it became uh, more camaraderie than anything right um and i always say it's kind of ridiculous when people think of it as this backbiting competition where 
each of these women have already won their state title. If they don't win Miss America, they go back and have a job to do. It's a, right. it's a full-time right. year-round job, right? So, so it's not this uh, kind of all or nothing, the crown means everything. It's no, mm-hmm. you've got a job to do. So it's kind of like a bunch of people coming to a business convention and one person is going to be named the chairman, but right. everyone else goes home and continues the, the same exact job, right? So, so there is a bit of competition to it, but ultimately we're all in it for the same reasons, for the same purposes. We're all of the same mind. Once you win, you go to those states and you work with those women, you know? So right. it just, everyone knows one person's going to win mm-hmm. and 50, you know, one of us are going to be back in our states doing our job and we need to work together. Nice so you guys are lifting each other up back there. Yeah, I, right. I would think so if it was men it would be a totally different <laughs> So you're helping each other with your hair and makeup. Are there hairdressers back there or is it? So my year the rules were we got to have a hair a hairstylist and makeup artist and all of that during the prelim nights uh-huh. but the final night we had to do our own. And so it's, it's almost counterintuitive because you're on TV in HD. Our year was the first year in HD. So Yay. that was like, oh, wonderful. Right. <laughs> so, and we had to do our own hair and makeup. Right. Um, so, yeah, there was quite a bit of helping each other out at that point because we're all panicking. Right. But but prior to that, during the prelim nights, I was able to have someone there helping me out, which was which was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. You need that. Right. That's incredible. Right. So what um, I kind of want to get into that moment. Like there mm-hmm. you are on the stage, and, and what do they do? They break it from five to three, or is it just five? So yes, yeah, so we started the fifteen, right? And fifteen uh-huh. of us compete in swimsuit. So my platform was on eating disorders awareness. So me competing in swimsuit on TV and being able to try to be an example, showing that you don't have to do it in an unhealthy way. You don't have to starve yourself. You don't have to go to unhealthy extremes. Uh-huh. That was a huge goal for me. Sure. So once I came out in swimsuit, that was kind of again check mark mm-hmm. i was able to be on national tv and show that you can do this in a healthy way right. and be a physically strong active person right and so after swimsuit it's narrowed down to 10 the 10 do evening gown or no the 10 do yeah the 10 do talent i was the first called for talent and so from there it's also fast that you don't realize what's happening right um we have two hours on tv and it's a hard stop so if we don't make it to crowning it goes on to the next show that's scheduled right we don't have extra time it's right. live but yet we better no over time right exactly <laughs> we better be on time such a and recorder so, longer yeah and so and so that was very very fast you're being rushed from one thing to the next people are yelling at you you know producers everyone's getting you out the door uh-huh. so i played my piano piece fast and furious and very poorly and then continued very right poorly yes and so tells you how much i know i was I like know, god I was, that's great i was so nervous right. that you'll I'm see sure. actually so on tv i'm the first to be called and i didn't have my earrings in yet and so i'm walking across the stage to the piano still trying to get my earrings in my ear oh, and of no. course shaking as i'm trying to get it in and i sit down at the piano and this earring still won't go in so i was trying to think <laughs> and i was like should i throw it on the floor should i put it on the piano what do i do with this earring <laughs> right so i finally got it in and then the producer's yelling go 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 so I just start playing and so it was it was very bad <laughs> but I made it through and then all of a the sudden they call the top five we do um, our onstage question and then the five of us are backstage before crowning and that was the first time we kind of had a tiny bit of downtime during a commercial break just like an exhale. and yeah we were we were backstage and we looked at each other and we go oh it's five now like it's so one of us when they were calling <laughs> right? the top five did you think okay I'm not going to be called 
I didn't have time to think, honestly, because that part happened so fast. They call your name, you answer your question, you go backstage, get changed again. I mean, that was so quick. It wasn't until that moment standing there that I realized I was in the top five. (laughs) And you kind of realize, wait, everyone else is gone now. (laughs) And now, now it was five, right? So so we- I have more brothers and sisters (laughs) than this. (laughs) Right, It was suddenly like, I'm standing here with Miss America, right? So we all realized that and we told each other basically like we support whoever it is and it's in God's hands now whatever happens happens and we walked out there mm-hmm. um someone stepped on my dress by accident and it ripped up the back <laughs> oh. <laughs> but our competition was over so it was good to go, good to go right? and yeah so then when they started so they duct- calling names <laughs> duct tape it back. <laughs> <laughs> not at that point so they call fourth runner up and like I said earlier I truly believed I was going to be fourth runner up mm-hmm. I figured top five is incredible there's no way I'm getting any higher like I'm going to be fourth runner up this is going to be awesome I'm going to go back to Nebraska and be the first person ever to be fourth runner up to Miss America wow fourth runner up was called and I go, okay, I'm going to be third runner up. This is awesome. Like I'm going to be the first one. And they kept on calling names and I'm standing there holding my first runner up's hands and which is Arkansas. And she was amazing, beautiful, tall brunette ventriloquist. Everyone loved her. She was a crowd Mm -hmm. favorite. And I'm like, it's, totally going to be her. I'm going to be first runner-up to Miss America. This is incredible. Nebraska has never had a first runner-up before. I was imagining my homecoming, coming home as first runner-up to Miss America. And they called my name and I had no idea what to do. Like when when people say things are a blur, I always thought it was hyperbole and I thought mm-hmm. it was cliche. But truly, to this day, I do not remember that moment at all because wow. it was just a blur. And uh, so I don't amazing. even know what happened from about then to 10 minutes afterwards. It's like a blank spot in my memory. <laughs> so I look at pictures and I'm like, oh, I guess that's I guess what I'm I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I guess I was crying. I guess that happened. But I don't remember it at all. <laughs> so, that's incredible. Yeah. And for, your, my, for my parents, of course, they mostly cared about winning scholarship money. And so as I got higher and higher, you get more and more scholarship money the the higher you make it. And so they're just seeing dollar signs go off in their mind, right? More scholarship money, more scholarship money. But they didn't expect me to win either. And then all of a sudden they they? realized she's going to be gone for a year now and we're not going to see her for a year. So bye, I guess. But speaking of that year, I was reading that you guys, what, Every 24 to 48 hours, you mm-hmm. would move to a different location. Like, you would go, is it 20,000 miles a month? Yeah, yeah. Like, we travel oh. 20,000 miles a month. What? I'm During my year, I think I made it to 40 states and four countries. Um, you're you're definitely somewhere new almost every night, if not every other night. So what do you, what do you I mean, when you travel to place to place, what, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Primarily speaking. So uh-huh. the job of Miss America is that of a spokesperson. And so you're primarily giving keynotes everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I gave my first half hour, an hour long speeches as Miss America, and I had never before. Oh and you write gosh. your own speeches, you do all of your own content, and um, you speak at, you know, everywhere from elementary schools to little kids to the USO and the American Legion National Convention. I spoke right before President Obama was on stage with him. No way. You know, just like crazy experiences that you never could imagine, but people want to hear from you. Sure. And it's it's kind of surreal sometimes the types of audiences you can be in 
front of, mm-hmm. um, whether it's educators or parents or politicians or, you know, just anyone you can imagine are the kinds of events we go to all over the country. Um, and it's nonstop. <laughs> I worked a lot with agriculture groups because of my background in Nebraska uh-huh. and continued to do so for several years afterwards. Um, did work with eating disorders awareness groups and organizations, nonprofits. Uh, we did a lot of work with Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. They're our official platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a lot of work with the military. It's just, it's as diverse as you could possibly imagine from one day okay. to the next. You know, one day you're in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Another day <gasps> you're in the of that, middle right? of nowhere, you know, in a rural town, down in the dirt. I mean, right. it's just, it's it's so incredible the different things you get to do each so day. So as Miss America, are these paid events? Yeah, so typically most uh, most organizations, especially if they're corporations or conventions and that sort of thing, they're mm-hmm. they're paying to have their speakers there. I mean, any not even just celebrity speakers, but speakers in general. Speaking, uh, right. Event planners will constantly hire professional speakers mm-hmm. to come keynote or host and MC and those types of things. So many of them are paid in that regard. Um, others, we definitely do plenty of volunteer appearances as well. And then the more just for fun ones like singing at baseball games or going to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or different things like that are then not paid. Not paid. Yeah, so um, we, we were previously partnered with Dick Clark Productions and so did red carpet events and things like that. Miss oh, America's often on the awards shows, yeah. things like that. So. Did, um, so who manages that? Does Miss America manage that? Mm-hmm. Or Yep, yep, mm-hmm. the organization. They have so offices. So they say be here, beware. Yes, <laughs> they have offices in Atlantic City and you have mm-hmm. an appearance manager who schedules that for you. Um, a lot of things are the same year to year so they're booked you know way out in advance some are more specific to you as miss america and so people are specifically hiring and they take into what your right am i looking for what your interests are what your platform is what you're right and so um they book all of that so basically each week i would get my schedule for the week and they'd you know say this is where you're going. You you travel with an appearance manager, and that's it. It's just the two of you. And I'd get on a plane, see where it took me, <laughs> end up there, see what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I, I became quite the procrastinator during that year, though, because yeah. it's truly so right. last minute all of the time where you can show up at an event, and suddenly they just let you know that you're speaking for an hour. And you right. really didn't know that you were going to be speaking for an hour. So you have to be constantly ready. Um, it's very much improving all the time. So it depends on the event. It mm-hmm. depends on the audience. Um, and it depends on what they would request. But a lot of times people wanted to hear, much like you guys, about the story in general. Right. Um, the Miss America crown. I should have brought the Miss America crown with me to show you guys as a, oh, yeah. <laughs> as oh, you a have visual. It? I do, but and it's actually at the museum in my hometown, but I go get it when I need it. <laughs> and it has, so it has four points on it, and they stand for style, success, scholarship, and service. And so usually I'd use those four points as mm-hmm. the four points like of pillars. a speech. right? And, mm-hmm. and talk about each of those things implemented in my life how we can address those things in the lives of our young people and the next generation, those types of things. Um, So it just would depend. I I kind of had a couple, and still do, core speeches, and then often will change and adapt them to whichever audience I'm speaking to. Did all the parents bring their little, if they had a little girl or daughter, because I'm sure they would be like, oh, Miss America, like, you know, that's every little girl's dream, right? Yeah, yeah. There there was always a ton of that. And again, like Uh we, we had talked about earlier, you know, just that, constant reminder and realization that you are a role model to so many of these people is uh, pretty overwhelming sometimes and very humbling. humbling, Yeah. Yeah, Because um, sometimes it's easy to forget. 
And then the funny thing, too, is that, again, I would have my crown at all of these appearances, often wearing it. And then when I do, like, pictures and autograph sessions, I would usually have it to Mm -hmm. put on the little girls' heads and adults' heads. And yet... What I found is um, more guys want to wear the crown than girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. I was like, I, I know it was every little girl's dream to be Miss America. I didn't realize it was every little boy's dream right. to be Miss America. So I am constantly putting the crown on right. a bunch of like old, bald guys, whatever. <laughs> Any bearded fellas? <laughs> yes, always. No. Yes. No, no. no bearded yes. fellas. Beards don't serious. wear crowns. <laughs> they do. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was interesting to see. It's not just, you know, girls as some people think. It was, it was a lot of that too. Oh, that's yeah. good. That was a bit, what? What are yeah. you talking about? Right. There's something again about people seeing, I guess, our only American version of a real life princess, right? Like you sure. said, prin- right. are you a princess? Prince, are you a princess? In a way, just no, because you know, we don't have we don't have any version of that, and like it or not. There's something about humans that we're attracted to this idea of royalty, right? right. We're, we're attracted to that idea, and we don't have anything like that in America. And so people just like that in general. It's not just girls. It's not just boys. It's everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to <laughs> see. And it's only a one-year reign, right? Right. 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 You're, one, you're one year, and you're done. So just when you're starting to get comfortable and feeling like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've got this, then you're done. <laughs> you're like, okay, it, goodbye. <laughs> so. But boys do wear crowns, right? Kings. Yeah. Oh, true. Not, exactly. Yeah. Not bearded fellas. <laughs> you no. wouldn't wear a, a, a king's crown. I think you would if you had one. We'll have to get you one. You'll Didn't love Henry it. Henry VIII have a beard? <laughs> I'm sure did. many of them had beards. I think the razor was invented in like 1919 or something. Right? Well, the uh, the actual dual razor like that we know oh, now. Not okay. like the straight razor, you know, like the... Yeah. Jesus had a beard? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you one. You can wear it when you do clients' hair, and it'll, yeah, yeah. you be, know you'll love it. You can just imagine it now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see it now. You would absolutely love it. <laughs> so um, I'm interested in like the uh, the goofy side of Miss America. Like so, like uh, what celebrities and stuff? Oh, Did you have meetings a lot now. Yeah. So. I don't really care about celebrities, never have. Uh-huh. I'm not the kind of person that, I don't know, gets that interested in it. Because if I don't know them in person, it's kind of okay. Right. I was more about politicians, honestly, <laughs> because that was something that I was always looking up to and hoping to get into. And so um, anytime I could meet judges, politicians, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, that was always my favorite part. My my goal during the year was to meet the Supreme Court justices, and I Nerd. was not able to. <laughs> but um, so there, we met, I mean, just everybody naturally when you go to red carpet events, when you do those types of things. Uh, we went to the Super Bowl that year. And it actually landed on my 18th birthday. So I spent my 18th birthday at the Super Bowl. (laughs) And uh, we met a ton of people there. But again, this is terrible to admit, I'm not a sports person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm there and literally meeting, you know, every person from sports history. And uh, constantly my my appearance manager would have to be like, this is whoever, whoever. And I was like, oh, okay, uh uh-huh, yeah, hi, nice to meet you, bye. (laughs) I don't know who you are. So, so when someone's whispering in your ear, that's that, or when when one whispers in the ear, that's what the conversation is. Yeah, yeah. This is Corey. No, it's so bad though. Most of the time, I just had no no clue. Um, but yeah, I did feel like I I got to meet a ton of people. Um, probably not have any real you know in depth conversations or relationships with that many people. Just and a so smile that's and why, a handshake. Yeah, and so that's why again, most times you can't really comment on what kind of person they are when right. it's just based on that and yeah, what are you do? yeah and and some people 
tend to think again that their one, you know, maybe two seconds meeting a celebrity is indicative of that person's character or something. And I guess just from having traveled the road for a year in that capacity, constantly meeting people, you may have a bad day or a bad moment or um, have an off time. And you hope that people don't think that that is who you are, you know, just that two second interaction. Sure. You want to make every interaction matter. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be honest, you've probably let some people down and you probably weren't right. at your top and your nicest every single moment. Right. And so you can't always, always base who somebody is just on that interaction. I mean, that's incredibly fair. right? Yeah. 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 So was there a talk, you know, how, you know, like in sports, uh, you know, people get uh, in trouble with uh, performing enhancing drugs. <laughs> talk about possible suspensions. And right. Was there a, a talk about a possible suspension of Miss America with uh, PEH <laughs> performing enhancing hair? Oh my god! There's a rumor that that exists. Right. That was that was the debate once I won, really, because so pretty much everyone knows that almost every contestant is wearing some kind of fake hair. Right. Extensions are very very popular probably mm -hmm. almost every contestant has them um yet i was wearing wigs and then another contestant i competed with uh, miss delaware also was wearing wigs um but so i had so it was just the two of you right wearing wigs? right okay. and so and it was it it's i guess fairly uncommon then so once i won that became a big story and people were very concerned they thought that was cheating they thought that was terrible <laughs> uh, just the reality is my hair was ruined and destroyed and i couldn't have competed with it it was so bad um so if everybody had extensions right, right. so th th that's basically uh you know glued in that's yeah. just hair mm -hmm. uh, wigs and, uh, and pieces and, yeah. exactly mm -hmm. so what is the difference between extensions and a wig? I mean, See, and that's what I can't figure out because mm -hmm. in USA, actually, it is against the rules to wear a wig, but it's not but against you wear the extensions. Right. So, and and I guess, you know, the half pieces, um, mm -hmm. wigs basically that only go on half and you still have some of your hair, would that be, you know, against the rules or not? It's hard to tell because right. I agree with you. That was always my thought. Where do you draw the line? You know, when people mm -hmm. talk about what's real versus what's fake, there's so much gray area in there. You know, we ha we wear makeup, we whiten our teeth, we had braces, we you know whatever it may be, fake lashes, fake nails, fake. Right. So where, where are you, you going to right? Where right. are you going to say, oh well, that's fake, but that's not. <laughs> so right. yeah. so there's no such thing as being. If you want to call it, I hate the word real, again, because there's right. no real definition to it. But if you want to be completely real, well, all the girls would be up there with no hair product, no makeup, no anything, right? And obviously, that's we're fair. not going to have a competition that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That'd be terrible. I wouldn't win that one, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so, you know, I consider those things accessories. I consider them fun. So I put really no thought into the fact that I was wearing a wig. I thought of it as just, oh, I'm helping, you know, I'm doing my hair just like I do anything else. And it became a really big thing after I one. Um, but then some people I started to see more and more throughout my year were very encouraged by it and were very supportive and were just so excited that that was uh, that you couldn't tell um, that I was wearing a wig, that they felt empowered to do mm -hmm. the same for whatever hair issues they were facing. And so that was really neat to see. And then that became actually another cause that I started taking up, just realizing how hair impacts us in more ways than we realize, Absolutely. especially for a woman. Oftentimes, um, it becomes a real source of either self-confidence or uh, really low self-confidence. And mm -hmm. I didn't completely realize that 
before I started wearing those wigs, the first time I put that on, I was down in Tampa, Florida, and she put it on my head and situated it, and it was all styled, and I looked in the mirror, and that was the first time I could look at myself and say, I look like Miss America. And I could never say that before, you know? And so it just became this sudden realization that my hair does make make a difference and right. it does it does impact my self-confidence and it gives somebody like miss delaware an opportunity to be able to compete yes well, right? yes so she had alopecia so she was completely bald completely completely what about like um eyebrows and stuff um like no i don't think honestly i'm pretty sure she doesn't have any eyebrows or either eyelashes? um she has eyelashes and she was saying she has some body hair mm-hmm. um but just it's it's very uh patchy so even if some of her hair comes in because it's alopecia usually isn't just consistent across the board, right? It can mm-hmm. be sometimes it grows maybe one year and then not that sort of thing. Right. Um, so she had patchy sometimes, but she was completely bald at the time and had competed in Miss Delaware for several years and had never won bald. And oh, she, so she could whoa, 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 she competed bald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she competed bald because she wanted to say, you know, whoa, this is this first is off, who I, exactly, right? I mean, exactly. But then she realized That's so brave. she exactly, and she said, "I want to continue to be brave, and I want to continue to inspire other people. But at the same time, if it makes them more comfortable initially, then I'm willing to wear a wig." So she mm-hmm. did. She won Miss Delaware then wearing a wig, but still constantly at appearances, especially meeting kids or kids in the hospital, she would take off her wig and show them I'm bald and that's okay. And it was so powerful for her to be able to do that. And I respected her so much for, again, being able to do both and to embrace both. Empowering all those young women. Yes. Yes. Giving them the the courage. Absolutely. And so she, she wore her wig to compete at Miss America. But then on the final night, once she was done with the competition, but everyone's still standing Mm -hmm. on stage on national TV, she had her wig off and was bald. Did and she I rip thought, it off? Was it all dramatic? Or <laughs> no, she just show up in no, a bald? No, and she wasn't, again, she wasn't trying to take the spotlight. It's just a sure. statement of, again, owning, you know, who she was and being able to show other kids. And to this day, and you know, beauty, she works, right? exactly, she works in the alopecia community and is uh-huh. constantly doing that kind of work. And again, it's so important for other girls who think that, who uh, they'd really think when they lose their hair, I'm not a girl anymore. And it can become this self-identity thing. And for her to be able to relate to them on that level and show you can be Miss Delaware, you can compete at Miss America, all of this, and you can embrace that was was really incredible. That's amazing. I know, for real, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you, and since, you know, most of our listeners are hairdressers, Mm -hmm. um, listen, I'm just going to say it. I mean, the most emotional times that we have as hairdressers is, is those balding conversations yes. and, and where to go. And, you know, we don't really, I don't really have much, um, I don't really have recommendations of where to get a wig. Mm. So where did, um, so do you have a wig person? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So through Kayla Martell was her name. Uh, Miss Delaware Kayla, is her Ms. name. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> is her name. I actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do we, pa- why do no, we no. put the wrong tense on her? <laughs> Well, she's not so, in the room with us. <laughs> right. So she had she had introduced me and told me about who she uses um, down in Tampa, Florida. And so I went to Hair Therapy for Women. And uh, Bobby Russell is the owner. And she works primarily within the hair loss community. And again, uh-huh. whether that's alopecia or cancer or just hair loss in general, right. um, she has 
all sorts of options for that. She does everything from hair regrowth treatment to extensions to wigs to everything. Um, and so, and they do a lot of events down there that are free hair for cancer victims, stuff like that. Um, so I started working with her. The wig company, American Hairlines, uh, they decided to sponsor <laughs> American me. American Isn't that great? Yeah. They actually decided to sponsor me and sight unseen, you know, just decided here's a Miss Nebraska and we're going to support her in this journey and um, gave me the pieces to wear. And she volunteered her services for me. I mean, all of them were just incredibly supportive with not asking nothing in return. They had absolutely, yeah, no guarantee that I was going to win nothing, but yet they supported me through that. And they do an incredible job. They just have every option you can think of. It looks so natural. And I had never realized that. So before meeting her, I had never considered wigs because of that very reason where I just thought there's no way that would look real or it would look weird or whatever. And then I realized, wow, they've actually come a long way. These look great. They look natural. (laughs) You can't tell. And so then I started looking into it. Um, And so they have so many incredible options for people now that I don't think there's ever a reason to feel uncomfortable about it, to feel embarrassed. Um, And that's why during my year, I found it very important to be open about it instead of trying to kind of say, oh, no, this is my real hair. (laughs) No, I I thought, you know, why not? Just be like, yes, this is a wig. Isn't it great? Like, Can you believe it? Yeah. And and to kind of own it in that way, because I think that helps so much in not making it this embarrassing thing. And so some people may still see it that way. I don't care. I think it's great. You won anyway. So, so since 2011, have more and more contestants been using wigs? I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say contestants. Um, uh-huh. No, I, it just depends. Again, everyone's gonna have their own options for a lot. They they like their own hair. They can do their own hair. They use extensions or whatever else. Um, but there are a ton more looking into it as right. an option, especially for everyday wear. I would say not even just for competing, but as you guys know, mm-hmm. doing your hair actually doing it every day is so damaging when you're constantly putting heat on it and constantly it's just so much stress and so as a title holder when you're doing appearances every day and your hair has to look perfect every day that that creates a lot of wear and tear and so it's a good option honestly much easier to have your hair in a box (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) saves a lot of time i got a lot more sleep you know so when all the girls were doing their hair did you like just take your hair out of the box look at them say see ya i'm first (laughs) well so because 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 we That's got totally with performance a, right, enhancing. Right, with a, with a, with a <laughs> hairstylist. So my hairstylist would style my wigs. And yeah, I'd walk through the hotel, you know, with my with my heads, basically. <laughs> the, the wigs are on heads, and I'd walk through there. I want that photograph, like man. Who has that picture? Holding these, you know, beheaded things. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So, I, but it, I mean, man, it helped so much. It really did. Not, again, just not for the competition, but through that entire year. It was such a help and continued to be. I mean, I wore them for... I mean, up until I honestly even started seeing you and, uh-huh. and, and, and getting my actual hair done, I mean, five years at least, I, I colored my own hair really dark and cut it super short. It's like two inch. It was two inches long um, during my year just to let it completely regrow. So wow. over the past seven years, I've been letting it completely grow out all over again, brand new. Um, and I'd usually even cut it myself. I'd use my little nail scissors. I know this is terrible, but yes, in my yes. in, in my hotel room, and I'd just be like, "Okay, it's getting too long again. <laughs> Chop it off." Oh but but it helped to actually just be able to get it healthy again, and that right. was my main goal these past seven years. Yeah, it made a huge difference. Really, yeah, did. no doubt, man. Yeah. 
can't get better than Annette. <laughs> Cutting her own hair. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, you're making everyone, every hairdresser that's listening cringe <laughs> right know, now. I bet. I bet. They're like, shut up, lady. <laughs> but when you're, you're, when, you're tra- when you're traveling on the road, you don't have a lot of options because you can't just trust any hairstylist out there, right? And right. so, and you know with blonde as well. It's hard to find a hairdresser who can do a good blonde, keep it consistent, all Mm -hmm. of that. And so uh, especially for Miss America traveling on the road, you're going to land in some random town and just have to find someone to do your hair. Right. So a lot of Miss Americas in the past years have, you know, midway through the year had to chop their hair or do something to make it more low maintenance because it's just very demanding to constantly. Yeah. 20,000 miles a month. Yeah. You don't have the time. You don't have. Yeah. Any of it. I don't know if we're jumping ahead, but we'll jump ahead a little hmm. bit. What um so, so during your reign or during your year as Miss America, you did all these um you did a lot of uh, paid appearances, right? Is fair. So do those paid appearances keep up after your year after yeah. you um? Oh, here's a question. Tony and I were debating in the What's car. That? Like, <laughs> okay. So was it kind of bittersweet giving up the crown? Oh yes, yes, yeah. definitely. Um. Some women at the end of their year are completely done. <laughs> They're right. ready to go. They are more than happy to pass <laughs> on the crown. I think I, if I could have, I would have continued for another year. I, I loved the it. energy I of a seventeen-year-old. I, I mean, and maybe that was part of it, uh-huh. truly. But so much of it was I loved the essence of the job. Is what I had wanted to do right. ultimately. Um, you know, I had always wanted to be an attorney, a judge, and a politician someday. And I realized that this was a good amount of that job um, without some of the things that come along with politics. But <laughs> otherwise, the you know the traveling, the meeting people, the speaking. Trying to impact other people's lives, shaking hands, kissing babies. Yes, yeah, <laughs> working with Yay. kids though. Working with kids is one of my favorite things in the entire world. Always has been. Um, working with nonprofits, huge for me. Something I always wanted to do. Um, it was just incredible in so many ways that I could have kept going. Right. But and I did in many mm-hmm. ways. You know, after I gave up the title. But you're also ready to give it up, and so it is a sweet thing because you can't keep up with that kind no. of um, that kind of schedule and also just that kind of job for too long. I now understand why so many celebrities or politicians or whoever who have been in that kind of public spotlight for so many years usually have a breakdown. It's like a band on tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you can't continue forever. Um, If you do, when you try to, usually there becomes some sort of issue, right? It's just, um, it's hard to be so disconnected from people. And that's the irony of it. Which is so funny, right? It's the irony is that you're meeting new thousands of new faces every day. And yet you don't feel connected. You know that you're impacting people. You know, hopefully, that you're doing a good job. But at the end of the day, you go back to your hotel room by yourself and you don't feel like you have anyone. You right. haven't, you spend that whole year and at the end of the year, you don't feel like you've actually developed a relationship with anyone. And as humans, we need connection and that's deeper than just, hi, nice to meet you all the time. Right, Small talk. To, to uh, Miss America, not necessarily to Teresa. Exactly. exactly. You're yeah. constantly meeting everyone as Miss America. And many times people don't care to to meet you any more than that. And if they do, they often can't, right? And so there's just this barrier all the time. Um, We often joke that in parades and things like that, people think that you're like not a person and you're in this glass bubble where you can't hear anything (laughs) because it'll be crazy (laughs) how you're literally this far away from someone and And the two of them will just, yeah, talk to each other about you and you're like, 
right here. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm deaf now. <laughs> so they, but that's how people often think of you. And I don't fault them for it because I think we all do that to a certain sure. extent. We kind of think of people as other and we think of them as like they're in this, in this glass cage or something where um, they're just not connected to us. And so that becomes much of your year. And so if you're not careful, which I was not, you don't stay connected to your inner circle of people. And so for me, that meant I was used to being close to my family. I was used to having a really good, strong core of people who grounded me and who knew everything about me and who I was actually close to. And I have a problem with when I'm physically distant from someone, I don't stay in contact. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't. It's, it's very hard for me. I don't pick up the phone and call. I talk to my parents maybe... I talked to my parents maybe once a month when I was on the road. And so it just became where I was not having that close relationship with anyone during my year. And you can't survive like that long term. You really need that that strong inner circle. Um, was there some resentment from your family during that year? Um, no, I don't think so. They kind of, they got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially again, cause there's so many of us and I'm the middle <laughs> child. So it's kind of the forgotten middle child where honestly, <laughs> I mean, truly there were a couple of the kids had already left the house. Then I left and there were a couple kids still at the house. Everyone right. was busy. Everyone had their things going on. My parents would have loved to talk to me more. Don't get me wrong. I was more the one who you're too tired. You're too busy. All you want to do is sleep. Mm -hmm but it can become extremely isolating. And that's something that I don't think we talk about enough. So you don't prepare yourself for it. You're not consciously working against it during the year. It seems like just one more thing you have to do. Um, but it was extremely isolating. And I had to actively work against that over the coming years to realize that that's a tendency of mine. And that if I, if I want to live an actual fulfilling life, that I need to realize that those very close relationships, small few, a handful, mm -hmm. are the most important things, and those come first. Do you have any um, any techniques or anything that you use to try to just to kind of ground yourself and make sure that you know you're fulfilling that promise to yourself? Oh yeah, I mean plenty now. So having a, having a son, I mean I'm sure as you guys know, having kids changes everything, yeah. and so now um, that has become a much more intentional priority for me. Back then, I mean even for the first five years I was like oh I'm 20 I'm 21 I can mm -hmm. just live my life jet set as much as I want and relationships don't really matter right I didn't feel that need I guess and then I realized I have to be intentional about this especially once I had my son and so I have to do it sometimes in a in a more methodical scheduled way just because that's how right. I work <laughs> and so I truly schedule it that way so like now uh, typically I make sure that I do most Sundays and Mondays are with my son mm -hmm. and I try to stay you know off my phone off things like that and spend that time with him I try to make sure like when I was in college I would have scheduled to call my parents once a week <laughs> instead <laughs> of once a month I would have to call my sisters once a week too and just be on a group uh, a group uh, phone call um, to be able to talk with them because they're my closest and best friends. Um, I try to make sure I spend time in the Bible with meditation every day. Um, I try to have these things, you know, as, as silly as it seems to schedule time with the people you love. Right. Sadly, that's what we have to do a lot of times it's because otherwise, now, right? otherwise the random strangers and the public get the best of you and your family gets the scraps. And that's just what I'm realizing more and more in life. Even as you get older, you can put so much into your career. You can put so much into people and friends and, and, the people who are often furthest from you get the best of you. And then the people who are closest to you get the worst of you. You know, they get right. the angry you. They get the scraps of your emotional leftovers <laughs> instead of getting your first and foremost and your most intentional efforts. Right. So you and the the other uh, 
winners, the past winners, mm-hmm. should form like a little union and uh, mm-hmm. prep these young girls <laughs> or these other women you know, that are going to win. It's you know funny I mean? you say that because we actually did. So just a couple oh. years ago. Yeah, it was, right. it was again. Yeah, See, at, you're, you're thinking, genius you're thinking like a Miss America yeah. now. So. He needs a crown. I need a crown no, with so, his beard. So just a couple years ago, it was only four years ago now, we realized that. We were like, there's only you know, 50, 60 of us. And we do not nearly get to talk to each other enough. We don't support each other enough. We don't get to be close enough. And every one of us has had this experience and we went through the same things and we had to learn for ourselves. We had to learn the hard way. Like, why is this? We should be just helping each other out. Right. So we finally started doing that a little bit more and we hope to do even more in the future um, where now we get together each year for a weekend, just a fun weekend to relax, to spend time with each other. We just had ours in Orlando uh, a couple weeks ago um, to get to know each other better, to Mm -hmm. be able to support each other. And then I do hope that we can continue to also preemptively take the initiative to help girls who are competing prepare for that side of things Um, because most people don't in any kind of celebrity status I guess oftentimes you're suddenly thrust into it you're not prepared and you don't um, emotionally prepare for it more than anything and then um, oftentimes it happens so quickly that you don't intentionally take the time to work on things like that girls in the future do you ever see uh Boy, boys being able to compete as well. <laughs> as, uh, so there's, there is, I, there is, I think a Mister America, but it's like a, I think it's a bodybuilding competition. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a couple like pageants for men, uh, but typically they're not. <laughs> They're not as popular. <laughs> so, there's just something about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there is that option, I guess, um, if you're into that. Yeah, if you want to take up bodybuilding. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. I don't know. I don't know of any others. I don't think they ever have to do like talent and stuff right. like that. And then so Miss DC also does uh, Mr. Man of the District, and that they do like a full pageant. And you compete in talent and all that, but it's again just for fun. It's for a fundraiser uh-huh. for the scholarship. And they have a great time, though. It's a lot of fun. Always making fun of the man. (laughs) (laughs) Can't keep the man down. No, it's not. It's not making fun of. It's uh, laughing with, not (laughs) at. Right. Right. That's it. Right. (laughs) Hey, so how many? um, Going back to Orlando, how many? How many of the Miss Americas, the former Miss America, is it? What what, is it? Former? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's former Miss Mm -hmm. America. So. how many of the uh, former Miss America showed up? Um, this year, there were about 20. And that's been pretty consistent for the past four years. And what was the range as far as like... So the the oldest I think we had was B.B. Shop, who is now 87. Whoa, wait a sec. Wow. What an amazing name. I know, right? <laughs> B.B. Shop, the B. B. best. Shop. <laughs> that's the yeah. best name and ever. And she is the most incredible. She's 87 now, and I want to be like her when I'm 87 yeah, because right? she's just amazing. Um, she's so much fun, so sweet. Just incredible to talk to, to the kinds of memories and things that she has um and then what year was hers oh gosh i can't remember you'll have to look it up i know she's 87 now but i'm trying to remember when she won i don't know i'm sorry i should know this i need to do better uh flashcards and trivia on all of them because i mean seriously they're they're so incredible it must have been from 68 67 years ago yeah yeah i think so i think so because then um there was I was the youngest. Was I? No, I don't think I was the youngest this year. Maybe no. Is this your first year not being the youngest? 
at the reunion, I think I was, but now I'm not the youngest, yeah, overall, because some of our recent Miss Americas are, I think, like 22, 23. But at the reunion, yes, I think I was still the youngest. Um, we had all the way to Kira Kazantsev, who was Miss America 2015. She mm-hmm. came, and Nina, who was 2014. Uh, so we had quite the range there. So from, I guess, maybe the 40s or whatever to 2015. And we had Lee Merriweather uh, was Miss America quite some time ago. She was the original Catwoman. She's an incredible lady. She's, yeah, she's one of my favorites. Just so much fun. Um, She's just always just an interesting, you know, fascinating person. Has been very successful as an actress. We just released a podcast last week and uh, we were talking about Catwoman. Really? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although we totally gave credit to Eartha Kitt as the original, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, Lee Merriweather. Yeah. Sorry, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) No, so it, it was an incredible group. Um, the past four years, we've had about 20 each time. I've been to three of the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year, I think when I was pregnant with Jace, I was too sick and couldn't make it. But other than that, I try to go every year because it's just fun. You know, it's just one of the few times we get to actually relax and not have everyone be, oh, you're Miss America. So right. so it's just for us. You know, we try to just be able to do our own thing. So it's it's really good. I what do you guys it. talk about there? Is it more of the rain or just the girls getting together? Um, a little bit of both. So this time we did have some biz- business things to do just because of the... Um, um, the past things that have happened the last couple of months with the with the giant overhaul of the whole organization. Mm-hmm. And so Gretchen Carlson, one of our former Miss Americas, has now become chairman of the board. And so um, she's done a great job of just trying to keep everyone involved. And so we did have conversations there to just try to stay up to date and involved in more of the business side. But we kept that fairly minimal and then mm-hmm. made, you know, the rest of the weekend more about just for fun stuff. Do, so. you, do, you, do you feel that the Miss America pageant are the Miss America is that you're in survival mode now? I don't think so. Um, it is definitely a rebranding, regrowth, rebirth kind of thing. Right. But I don't think that it's a survival mindset because mm-hmm. so we are two two years away from the 100th anniversary. And so we're trying to gear up for that and then kind of make that a launching pad forward to say, you know, this is who we're going to be for the next hundred years. This is how things are changing. This is the new vision. So I would say it's definitely more of a rebirth than Mm -hmm. kind of a survival Survival of the old. You know what I mean? So rather than trying to maybe preserve and protect what we've had for a hundred years, it's like, okay, where are we going from now, from, from here? How do we want to remain relevant? How do we want to move forward? What do we want to look like in the next hundred years? Right. Well, Which will be pretty interesting to see, it'll you know. Be, it'll be it'll be cool. I'm man. excited. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be good. I think in a hundred years they all have space wigs. Everyone right? <laughs> <laughs> like oh will be wearing right? wigs like, in a hundred yeah. years. I know. Imagine where hair and makeup will go in a hundred years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have some incredible technology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We're all gonna look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look perfect. <laughs> we'll look exactly the same. <laughs> oh gosh. It'll I be hope the clone, clone award. Oh, I hope not. No, that's. I mean, that's the encouraging part now is that it's kind of moving in the direction of people like different now. They like diverse. They don't want cookie cutter. They don't want everyone to look or be the same and that's I like seeing that you know it's kind of comforting to know that that's appreciated uh-huh. and that that will be preserved and protected moving forward is people want to be more inclusive and more diverse and be able to show that and so it's really encouraging I love seeing that and I love hearing it that's cool man that's yep. really cool that's awesome so tell me what are you up to now so total different I guess phase of life yeah. that right. um, ever since becoming a mom 
and that has become kind of like a whole new lifetime. There was a very clear before baby, after baby <laughs> in my life. And I finished my... Is that, is that PJ? <laughs> right. AJ? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before J's, after J's. Um, I finished my degree finally, my undergrad Yay. in government from Patrick Henry College. Congratulations. Thank you. The college I always wanted to go to finally went. Uh, the graduation was a little bit delayed after many curves in the road. <laughs> and so I finally did finish this December. And it was just, it was strange how it became um, just kind of a a quiet, simple okay, I'm graduated now. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't walk or anything like that because it was a December and yet it was just so um, incredibly fulfilling and peaceful to just be like, okay, now that's done finally. So right. many years it was, you know, my dream at least to get my undergrad first and then finally took the LSAT in September, put in How'd applications to law school. Not as well as I would have liked, but oh. that's because it's me and I wanted a perfect score. <laughs> so I did not she get got a 99. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> not quite. But um, I decided to, to do it anyway. And that's, that's the thing I've been working on is forcing myself to do things anyway, even when I'm not prepared when I'm not ready when it doesn't feel perfect clearly that's what happened with Miss America and so I've learned I'm often at my best when I just go for it you know and I don't feel 100% ready so I've learned that with school as well um, applied to law school finally this fall still waiting back for some answers uh -huh. got some answers so far so this fall I'll finally be starting law school very excited. Do you um, want to announce anything? Where are you going to law school? <laughs> well, no, I don't know yet. Okay. So I'm not for sure yet. Um, I got, you know, a couple acceptances, different places. The University of Nebraska gave me a full ride scholarship. So that's pretty tempting. Hey. <laughs> but <laughs> that I'm not sure yet. So I'll, I'll make a decision in the coming months. Does mom um, and dad have any uh, choice in this? Yeah. Well, so not really a choice. But so my mom said that she wanted of course, somewhere warm that she wants to visit. So she's trying to decide where Not I move Nebraska. based on yeah where she wants where she wants <laughs> to visit. So, um, so yeah. So then um, I'm also continuing to work now that I have this this time between now and starting law school in the fall. My primary work is that of a, sp a speaker still. So mm -hmm. it's crazy how seven years later, you know, that's still the work that I'm doing. And um, those are those are paid engagements as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is I, that how kind of you've made your living over the last? Seven yeah, years? It, it is completely. Right. I have a bad habit of accepting too many pro bono ones, <laughs> but again, it's hard to turn down. You know, sure. with nonprofit work and that sort of what thing, a lot of people don't have budgets, and I'm fine with that. But I have realized that I do have to be a little bit more deliberate about what I'm accepting for free versus what I'm accepting paid because it is a living and that's what I have to do well and two like now it's time away from your son exactly. right so like and it has to be worth that's it. that's made it easier in some ways to say no and I have to uh -huh. say no a lot more than I used to and I feel bad about well, it thank you for not saying no to us <laughs> by the way <laughs> right. no I, I feel bad about it to a certain extent but I've truly said no to a lot more now that I've had him because right. any day away from him is now worth way more to well, me yeah exactly. yeah exactly the value is worth so much more than it used to be and then I serve on the board of directors for Youth Service America mm -hmm. and the positive pageantry board as well so Youth Service America is here in DC um, they're in an international organization that I worked with during my my year and then after my year they asked me to start serving on the board um, great great group they do such incredible work in helping empower youth to do community service in their communities um, to volunteer to start projects and the things that some of these kids do is just unbelievable I mean it's not just kind of nicety nice projects it's mm -hmm. not just go pick up trash and that's a good thing too in and of itself but these are truly um, 
incredibly impactful projects in reducing poverty and reducing hunger and feeding children. And I mean, just uh, bringing clean water to countries all over the world, you know, just really incredible things that kids are figuring out solutions to the problems they see in their own communities. And wow. so Youth Service America provides scholarships and grants and all sorts of things to empower them to do that. So, so does one apply for mm -hmm. a scholarship for yeah a, yeah is, is you, ysa fair yes what called, YSA? you can go to ysa.org uh -huh. and they have grants that you can apply for we have disney as a partner for example sodexo that specifically provide grants of certain amounts like five hundred a thousand dollars that you apply for and there's multiple ones available that you can then earn that money for your project so that you can continue to to grow it mm -hmm. um and so they have educational resources for teachers for parents so if you want to do a project like that for your kids in your classroom. They have what they call a semester of service, which helps kids for a semester long, so it's more of a long-term project, um, do something to impact their wow. communities. Yeah, so it's just incredible to see that kind of work being done and something that I love being a part of. Mm -hmm. It's been some of the most rewarding work over the past couple of years um, to, to be able to see that the next generation is doing so much and as much of a bad rap as we want to give them for this or that or the other thing, they know how to impact people. <laughs> that's the yeah, thing. That's is, great. Yeah. Is there is there a um like could I find out or can I go to YSA.org? Mm -hmm. Do they feature like yes, the yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah could exactly okay. the projects, things like that, so that yeah, you can learn more. You can even donate specifically if you find one you know that really speaks oh, really? to you. Yeah, oh, so that's cool. certainly um, that kind of thing. And how is, much of that goes to the actual? Uh, Oh no, they'll always they'll always direct it directly to the child's cause itself, not through them. So you don't have to, you know, go through them in order to yeah, to get through to somebody. Okay. So yeah, that way you can make sure that you're a hundred percent supporting different causes. Um so yeah, that's that's huge because it's more about just giving a a platform uh -huh. to some of these kids and to try to empower them instead of doing it for them. Cause I think that's what we have reversed sometimes is with young people. We assume we need to do things for them instead of no, just let them do it let and them give them the tools and resources right. to do it. Right? right. And so I know that in my, in my life growing up doing community service and volunteering were the, were the things that changed me the most were, you know, the experiences sure. that impacted me and, made me grow more than anything else. So I think that that's why it's something that's I'm extremely passionate about and I think we need to do more of mm -hmm. because it's not enough to tell kids what they're doing wrong or what they should do. No, let them go out in their communities and, and see what's out there right. and they'll start to feel, you know, what they need to do. Um, everybody, kids are smart. They have hearts and at that age they have such a strong conscience about what they need to do um, and what things they can do. Wow. Yeah. I agree with you totally. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally with you on Absolutely. That. And you, you hear about, yeah, once kids see the need, they, they do something to meet it. You know, right. you hear about constantly kids who go to school and realize that one of their classmates doesn't have lunch and then they start bringing lunch for them or they donate their birthday party to a mm -hmm. cause that they care about, right? Or they, And so it's just incredible to see the kind of generosity that happens so organically once they're simply exposed to issues and can see it. And so you don't need to tell them and instruct them and lead them every step of the way. It's more of opening up those opportunities for them. I get kind of tired of sometimes 
adults saying, you know, basically criticizing kids and saying they don't realize how good they have it. <laughs> well, why don't they realize? Because if they don't have the chance to see it and they're not exposed right. to those things, then how do you think they're supposed to know? You yeah. know, they don't realize how point. hard I worked. They don't realize, you know, right. <laughs> why are they so entitled? It's like, well, why don't we simply go out there and start seeing and then let the kids do what they want to do to be involved um, and, and let them take the initiative and they will and they are all over the world. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Touche. Good work, man. That's so awesome. If God could grant you one wish, what would that be? So recently I was reading the story of King Solomon and I realized that above all, I would have to ask for wisdom because when he was given the chance to ask for literally anything, uh, to ask God himself to grant him anything, riches, kingdoms, whatever, um, he just asked for wisdom. And that really hit me recently, just the last couple of weeks, actually, when I was reading that in um, realizing that throughout life, again, now with Jace, with myself, whatever, that will determine everything else. The amount of wisdom that I have and that I ask God for is going to determine the rest of my life. I don't need to focus on other things first. It's wisdom. It's wisdom first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I think that had been my mistake for a few years as I got carried away and caught up in so many of the outer trappings of life, which is really easy to do, especially after an experience like Miss America and then other things that come along with that. Um, you do start to get very attracted to and kind of distracted by fame and fortune and beauty and this and that and just so many uh, superficial and um, short-term things of life. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden realizing that ultimately... 50, 60, 70, 80 years down the road, <laughs> that is not going to be what matters. And so if every day I can just ask for wisdom, then I know that the other things will fall into place. Um, so awesome. I, I not only, you know, if I could ask for one thing, I do ask for that thing every <laughs> single day. Wisdom. And especially with a, with a child, mm -hmm. you're just like every day, God, give me wisdom. Yep. That's give all wisdom. I need. <laughs> just exactly. wisdom. Yeah. We want to thank you again. We really, truly appreciate your thank time. Thank you. Well, Miss America 2011, Teresa Scanlon, thank, thank you for very, very much for uh, joining us on your day off. Absolutely. Please do me So there it is. We also want to give a special thanks to Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Sarah and Blaine allowed us to use their music that runs under the uh, podcast. It's called Pleased to Meet You, which I thought was only appropriate for our podcast. You can find Pretty Gritty's music on iTunes. 